And we dive right into it with our regular monthly check-in with Ryan McCready of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Ryan, great to have you on the program. Welcome back. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back from vacation. I appreciate it very much. Had a good time. In fact, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the context of our discussion here, a little comparative analysis between Springfield and other places. But I want to start. Uh, recently, the uh, Growth Alliance put out a press release touting some pretty impressive job and unemployment figures here in Springfield. What are those numbers showing? Well, you know, there's a couple of things. What I like to explain to people is when you hear job reports, don't just look at one statistic. If you have to look at it like the dashboard of your car. For example, it doesn't do you any good to have a full tank of gas if you don't have any oil in your car. So uh, just like with the job numbers, the unemployment rate is continuing to drop. It's down to 4.7% as compared to 5.1% the same month of last year. So that's, a, that's moving in the right direction. But another number that we watch, and I think is even more important, is the number of employed people in the metropolitan area. And what's interesting is, you know, we look back to before the pandemic, so about February of 2020, and we have 1,300 more people employed now than we did back in February of 2020. So that's a significant increase in the number of people that are working at our businesses here in the community, still acknowledging that we have a lot of vacant jobs now, too, but the workforce here is actively engaged in recovering. You know, uh, it seems like there could be a bit of a double-edged sword uh, when the unemployment numbers are coming down, more people are finding work. Does that mean less of an available pool for new companies, new businesses that might want to come in? Do, do people look at that and see a potential downside to those numbers? No, they see that as an upside, actually. They, they do not mind competing for labor. And what they're looking for is a community and a labor force that likes to work. So when you have an actively engaged labor force and a good what's called labor participation rate, that actually helps attract businesses to your community because they will compete for workers. They will compete to be the employer of choice, so to speak. But what they're really looking for is the spirit of the workforce in the community, and they, they measure that through how active they are in going to work. This sort of data is the coin of the realm for economic development professionals like Ryan McCready. That's how you make the case to businesses uh, to come here, potentially to relocate here. And Ryan, as I mentioned, on vacation last week, my wife and I took our grandkids uh, to Indianapolis for a few days. And I was really struck by the, the notion, you know, we just get to sort of hammered with this idea that Illinois is such a, a difficult economic environment and the prices are so high and the gas prices are through the roof. But you know something uh, from the Indiana state line, all the way to Indianapolis and all the way back again, gas prices were 30 to 40 cents a gallon higher all throughout Indiana than they were in Springfield during the same time uh, early last week. Uh, and so there's a bit of a misconception, a misperception out there, I think a little bit about things like the, the cost of living or just sort of the economic realities of life, particularly here in Springfield. How do you uh, assess that, make that case, and how does Springfield stack up to other comparable communities when it comes to things like inflation and the cost of living? Springfield's cost of living is very compar very com uh, competitive compared to places like, of course, Chicago, but also Indianapolis, Nashville, Memphis, St. Louis, and Kansas City. Our cost of living is a lot lower. In fact, they'll prove that. We have a cost of living calculator on the Growth Alliance website that you can check out and do your own comparison. You can put in how much money, uh, for example, you make in Springfield and how that compares to some other community to show we're not just making this up. 
Um, you know, what you have to, when we work with businesses that are looking to locate, I always try to have the conversation about the total cost of living. And so from a business perspective, one of the big costs in a business is utility expense. And Illinois in general has some of the lowest electric and natural gas rates in the country uh, for businesses. And I know right now we're dealing with high electric rates, but that, that's a common thing across the country right now. Um, since we're deregulated for electric and natural gas purchasing, we're a very competitive state for the, as far as that goes. And as far as wages go and those types of things. So you got to have the conversation about the total cost of living, not just one point or not, not just the cost of one item that's getting the most attention out there, like gas prices, for example. And how important are those cost of living considerations for a company that is looking to relocate someplace? Uh, are they looking at things like how much their employees are going to have to pay for a gallon of gas yeah. or a loaf of bread or a gallon of milk? Do, do those things factor into their location decisions? They do factor into them because if you have a higher cost of living, they have to pay the employees more to be able to attract and retain them to work at that location. So they do measure that. They do factor that in because, you know, they may make their product in one place. They sell it somewhere else. The price they can sell it for is, you know, is based on the competition in the place where they sell it. The input cost, the people you need to make this product or service are paid more if they're located in a place that has a high cost of living. So they have to weigh all these things together. That dashboard again, Jim, that I mentioned. Is the labor available? Is it actively engaged in the workforce? What's the cost for that labor? What's the quality of life in the community? Can we retain the top talent and the top labor? This all is all ingredients to go into this cake that they try to bake, but it all matters. We're talking with Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. This is, of course, a, a public-private partnership to support economic development efforts here locally. It does get contributions from both the city of Springfield and Sangamon County. The city recently with an ordinance uh, to continue its financial uh, support of the uh, Growth Alliance. And I know that you're going to be going in and making a presentation to the Economic Development uh, Committee that the city put together uh, later this week. So talk about that relationship with these governmental entities and uh, uh what, what are they getting? What are we as taxpayers getting as far as bang for the buck in the money that they're investing? Well, specifically for the city of Springfield, we're very engaged with the city, um, their economic development staff, and the mayor directly. One of the things the Growth Alliance has done is uh, sign this agreement with a company called NextSite to help us go out and market these uh, opportunities for retail, restaurant, and other types of development. In areas around the community, they've been harder to develop, and then we have some vacancies and strip malls and things like that. That's one of the things that the Growth Alliance did specifically with NextSite, along with a lot of data gathering we do to help market the community in that way. And then we get involved in individual projects around the community also, um, supporting the CAP 1908 project that Dominic Watson and DSP Hope is working on, along with the Black Chamber. We've been actively involved in helping with that. Uh, we actually um, uh, helped fund a trip up to Chicago to see a similar development to help be, you know, figure out what the success story is there. Um, we work uh, to support the city in a number of ways. Uh, of course, the Growth Alliance was very keenly involved in helping with the uh, Shield Sports Complex uh, pro project that uh, came before the city council that they approved. Um, we do a lot of data analysis for the city. Uh, working with the economic development staff to support them in that way. Um, but really, you know, we support also other cities around the county. And the type of support we provide for the other cities really depends 
on what kind of resources they already have on staff and available to them. So really it's kind of on a cost on a on a case by case basis. Uh, the village of Riverton will need support differently than the village of Alber or the village of Divernon or Pawnee. Um, so we really kind of customize what we do to support everybody. You mentioned the Shield Sports Complex planned for Legacy Point. I know that's on the agenda mm-hmm. for the Springfield School Board tonight. Is they're still uh, debating this request for a property tax abatement that the developers mm-hmm. are, are seeking there as well. How much contact have you had with the district about this, about this project, and about the uh, the, the benefits versus the cost uh, of extending such an abatement? I really have not been involved in that. The developer has been working directly with the school district. Uh, Superintendent Gill does sit on the Growth Alliance board, and uh, I've had just some real, real quick conversations with her. Um, but, it, but uh, to my knowledge, uh, they, they've decided to work directly together, which is absolutely fine if they want to do that. When you look at a project like the Shield Sports Complex, and, and you think about school district. 186. Um, you know, the, we look at the overall return to the school district. So, uh, assuming this project is going to be successful, the additional $25 million in spending that comes in from people outside of our community, that's going to create sales taxes that are going to go to help all the schools in the county um, with their building projects. And, you know, uh, you know, hypothetically, if the abatement request is for right at the sports complex, other construction adjacent and nearby it, uh, would be in the district boundaries and create some additional property taxes for them in that way, along with the student-athletes being able to utilize the complex. What's that going to mean for student-athlete attraction and retention and, and student attraction into the school district? There's a lot of things they have to factor into it, and I'm sure the developer and the district are talking through those things. It's not an easy decision, so we want to be patient and give them the time that they need to become comfortable with it. Another project where you've been working with the city is, of course, the uh, the former Pillsbury site. Any updates there on what kind of progress is being made on that project? Sure. They uh, the the phase two analysis that is underway, and they've done uh, completed the soil boring analysis of the of the subsurface contamination. Um, don't have a final report on that at, at, at this point, but uh, I think it's safe to say that things are going better than expected there, as far as what kind of contamination they are finding, but we're still waiting for a final report on that. Um, they're in the process now of beginning the environmental analysis of the remaining structures at the site, and we expect to have that report wrapped up here pretty soon. Um, and the engineering firm is actively engaged and, and working very quickly out there. All right, please keep us posted on that. Ryan McCready, before we yeah. go, uh, we're here now. We're through the primary. We've got a general election coming up, followed almost immediately by city elections next year. Now, I know your organization isn't necessarily out there endorsing specific candidates or things, but maybe you could uh, give people some insight as to what the what voters should be looking at if they want to support economic development efforts. Uh, what sorts of things are, are beneficial obviously governmental policies have a big bearing on your ability to do what you are trying to do out there so is there anything voters should be looking for in candidates if they are concerned about and want to promote economic development locally absolutely you know it's really very common for me to meet with candidates for public office of all levels whether those are governors uh federal officials local officials state officials in my career involved in economic development i've met with pretty much all of them even as they were candidates and they come in with a genuine interest to find out, okay, what do we need to do to improve the business climate? What do we need to do to attract and retain employers? So a couple of things people should probably consider. First of all, what are we doing to retain businesses 
in our community. You know, business retention and expansion is the biggest part of economic development because if you're building a business environment that helps retain businesses, it's going to be the same good business environment that you'll need to attract them. And plus, you want to keep those businesses here. So what are we helping them with? A lot of times it comes down to infrastructure, Jim. It comes down to having the good roads, uh, roads in good repair, uh, infrastructure, sewer and water and electric infrastructure. Those are absolutely very, very important for businesses um, going forward and figuring out what government can do to come alongside and support those businesses. Um, also, uh, making sure we have a well-trained workforce, uh, making sure that we're, we're, we're uh, celebrating the successes of students, whether they go to college or careers right out of high school, making sure we're doing those things and that we have a great community to attract and retain the right workers. You sure don't want to just go ahead and make some endorsements in the election and just make it easy for people. Just tell them, tell no. them to support. <laughs> I, 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 no way. Uh-uh. I have no interest in, I leave that to pros like you, Jim, you're, you're much better at that than I am. So, um, but you know, those are the kind of things and for any candidates out there that are interested, I'd be more than happy to sit down with you, uh, have a conversation about what's going on in our economy and off, you know, offer some, some thoughts and some feedback. Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. We always appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Have a good day.